as soon as I'd entered into pitch darkness. "'Go into the kitchen,' said the voice, "'and touch Nathan.' I groped my way forward and entered the barest room I ever put my eyes on. Half a dozen dishes stood upon the shelves. The table was laid for supper with a bowl of porridge, a spoon, and a cup of beer. Besides this, there wasn't another thing in that great, stone-vaulted, empty chamber except some chests and a corner cupboard with a padlock. The man who joined me was a mean, stooping, clay-faced creature. His nightcap was of flannel, and so was the nightgown that he wore over his ragged shirt. He held out his hand. "'Let's see the letter.' I told him it was for Mr Balfour, not him. "'And who do you think I am?' says he. "'Give me Alexander's letter.' "'You know my father's name. "'It would be strange if I didn't, eh? "'For he was my born brother. "'And little as you seem to like either me or my house, "'I'm your born uncle, Davy. "'Now, you can eat that drop porridge.' "'If I'd been some years younger, "'I believe I'd have burst into tears.' As it was, I handed him the letter and sat down to the porridge with as little appetite as ever a young man had. My uncle, stooping over the fire, turned the letter over and over. "'What brought you here, Davy?' "'To deliver the letter.' "'And you'll have had some hopes, nae doubt.' "'I confess, sir,' I said, "'when I was told I had well-to-do kinsfolk,' I did indeed hope that they might help me in life, but I want no favours at your hands that aren't freely given. Hoot, hoot, said Uncle Ebenezer. Dinna fly up this snuff at me. He paused. Your father's been long dead? Three weeks, sir. He was a secret man, Alexander, a secret, silent man. He'll never have spoken muckle of me. I never knew he had any brother, sir, till you told me yourself. Dear me, said Ebenezer, nor yet of Shaw's, I dare say. Not so much as the name, sir. To think of that, he said. He seemed singularly satisfied, but whether with himself or me or with this conduct of my father's was more than I could read. Presently he jumped up and hit me a smack upon the shoulder. Well, agree fine yet. And now, come awa to your bed. To my surprise, he lit no lamp or candle, but set forth into the dark passage, groped his way up a flight of steps, and paused before a door, which he unlocked. I ventured over the threshold. Good night to you, Davy, my man. He pulled the door to, and I heard him lock me in from the outside. The room was as cold as a well, and the bed, when I'd found my way to it, as damp as a peat bog. But, by good fortune, I'd brought my bundle with me. So, rolling myself in my plaid, I lay down upon the floor under lee of the big bedstead, and fell speedily asleep. Opening my eyes to find the sun shining outside, I knocked and shouted till my jailer came and let me out. He led me to the back of the house, where there was a draw-well. "'Wash your face there, if you want.' When that was done, I made my own way back to the kitchen, 
where he'd lit the fire and was making the porridge. When we'd made an end of our meal, my uncle Ebenezer unlocked a chest and got out a very old and well-preserved blue coat and waistcoat and a beaver hat. These he threw on, and taking a staff from the cupboard, was about to set out when a thought arrested him. "'I cannot leave you by your cell in the house. I'll have to lock you out.' The blood came to my face. "'If you lock me out, it'll be the last you'll see of me in friendship.' He turned very pale, and went and looked out of the window for a while. I could see him all trembling and twitching, like a man with palsy. But when he turned round, he had a smile upon his face. "'Well, we must forbear. I'll no go. That's all that's to be said of it.'